0: Welcome everyone back to the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site
1: on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the podcast of champions talking all things Pac-12 football, normally in person. And today we're not. Usually it's Dave's fault, but this week, Dave, it's mine. I mean, that's taking personal ownership over what is a public
0: health crisis, Ryan. And I don't think you should do that. If I'm being (laughs) consistent, I don't think so. But Ryan has the Rona. I got the Rona. He's got the dirty
1: Rona. So both of us, neither of us had it. Uh, I I went two years uh, without it. I end up uh, feeling just like a cold this week, earlier this week. Um, And I tested myself at home couple of times and they were positive so I, i've done those home tests you always see the one the one line every time two pretty bullet lines i'm like damn i end up getting it but i feel okay like i'm just tired i've just been like the last couple of days just been in my house just lying on the couch watching uh nba playoffs or binging shows so it's been good yeah it sounds like it's a barrel of laughs um <laughs> uh, i watched I... all of ozark in one sitting wow and uh I watched Reacher. Have you seen that one on Amazon no, Prime? No, I,
0: I read a bad review of it, and then I just I, you know because I you got so much limited time, it's like no, nah, I'm not doing that. You uh, read
1: a bad review? I thought I thought the reviews were pretty good on that one. He's they made. I didn't read the books, but there's a whole bunch of books, and the character is supposed to be like this mountain of a man, and they made two movies apparently, and with they had Tom, Tom Cruise,
0: who's five five,
1: right? Like that was like the exact opposite of what. Uh, but the dude in this one, he's really good. Um, and I don't know, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was fun.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, I have two small children. Um, and if, uh, anyone out there is familiar with small children, they're both, um, they're, they're, you know, kind of filthy creatures, um, who just put their hands in places. The five-year-old like only like intermittently washes her hands when she uses the bathroom. And yet somehow I still haven't gotten the Rona. They're both <laughs> in school like uh, and so it's not just that i'm getting their like disgusting habits like probably thrust into my mouth with like their dirty little greasy hands but like all their friends at school are probably putting their mouth their hands in each other's mouths um and i'm not getting any of their germs either i am um i i guess i'm just a superhero
1: yeah i always told my family i was immune because my like sister got it and it was it was really bad for her um i mean i'm the, you know i have uh two vaccines and a booster um so maybe that helps i think my blood type's o positive too so they people say i mean i've heard like that helps if you're an o blood type as opposed to some other ones i don't know and the only thing i could think of that i was inside for with people was i, I went to church on easter sunday so, so always
0: a mistake always a mistake <laughs> you know what i did on sunday i worshipped at the altar of the mouse i went to disneyland
1: oh very cool yeah
0: and see, I, I walked away, no Rona.
1: You? That's you I've been on, going to church? <laughs> go <going> to church. <laughs> Didn't wear a mask at church. Uh, so maybe that was, I don't know. But there, were, I was on a bit on planes. I, I mean, I'm not someone I would say that have been like super cautious about this uh, over the last couple of years. I mean, I've done what you were asked to do, but I wouldn't go like over the top. Uh, but yeah, it's the only thing I could think of. So who knows? But yeah, I, I mean, I feel okay. I'm just a little run down. Hopefully, we are ask through this podcast. We don't have a ton of questions. So uh it should be okay. But if you we'll get into it if you want to uh get a hold of us, because we didn't get a lot of questions this week. We can get a bunch for next week. Pac-12 podcast at gmail dot the email address or call or text us at four two four five three two zero six seven eight. You can tweet us at pack twelve podcast or go to our website, pack twelve podcast.com, where we got all of our content over the last, I don't know, six, seven years or however long we've been doing this way too long. Uh, reddit.com slash R slash podcast of champions. Get some posts going on there, especially with spring ball heating up and all these spring games happening. I know everyone's excited for that. Uh, if you're over on the Apple podcasting app on any of your Apple devices, you can follow the podcast of champions, rate us a five star, write whatever you want, but as long as you leave us the five stars, that's what we love. I'm assuming we're going to get a new ones, Dave, since we're getting a lot of questions, but maybe we did. I don't know. We got zero new ones. Oh. Uh, we have now gone,
0: almost a month without a new review and uh, frankly I'm thinking of hanging them up I think we I think we call it a day after this podcast it's been nice uh, but uh, frankly you listeners are have gotten lazy and complacent and um, I think it's just time for us to uh, cut ties so we will continue talking to each other but we're no longer <laughs> recording it or posting it in this feed and you
1: guys are just gonna have to do without. You know, could it be something? Have something to do with the fact that there's spring games going on, and you're discouraging people from paying attention to them? No, so no, they're... no.
0: I think it's very much the reverse, which is there are spring games going on, and everyone is like, okay, now's the time for me to catch up on like um, how to fix it, like podcasts and crap. Like uh-huh. they're like, nah, nah. I'm not listening. I'm not listening to that one dude talk about Oregon <laughs> State spring game. Hey, guess what? <laughs> Today we get to talk about Oregon State spring game.
1: We will. Uh yes. Get Uh, excited, everyone. I am. I I, I actually watched this one uh real time.
0: Why did you say actually as if that wasn't going to be your priority? When was this Saturday?
1: It was Saturday, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Of course it was eleven AM uh Pacific time.
0: Maybe that's what gave you COVID. Watching the spring game by myself (laughs) in my house (laughs) on the couch. Look, I'm not an infectious disease guy, but
1: I'm I mean, maybe, who knows? Early in the pandemic, uh, so I had a, a buddy, my, I haven't even mentioned this before, friend works for the Lakers, his family's in Vegas, but he would stay with me when the Lakers rent out. you know, where most of the time uh, I have spare room, he would stay there. And this was, I guess it was 2020, November, 2020. So this is before I got, yeah, before vaccines and stuff. Um, he was, he calls me from upstairs in my, you know, in my spare bedroom and is like, I'm like, why are you calling me? He's like, uh, cause he gets tested. He got tested at the Laker facility every day. <laughs> they call them from the the previous, you know, the day he got tested. He's like, you're positive. <laughs> so he was in my house, like with the coronavirus. and the, the Lakers sent over testers to me and him. And I, I got tested. I was negative. So I felt like pretty confident. I'm like, he was in my house and I didn't get it. So I don't know. Somehow I got it. Yeah. Very That's weird. the breaks. Those are the breaks. That happens. Uh it, it was, I talked to a doctor friend and uh he was like, you know, it's sort of like there's like these remnants of people that haven't got it yet. And this last little wave is sort of like trying to pick off the stragglers, anyone that didn't get it yet. So uh watch out, Dave. Um,
0: I, I'm 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 fully confident that I will get it um
1: seven times in like a three week span. <laughs> That's true. You can like get it a bunch. I mean, I guess if you're gonna get it, like I know there's people that got it, they don't even know. Um, I mean, I feel fine. Just like basically like a mild cold. So, uh, you know, get those antibodies now. Um, uh, all right. So this week we have to review one spring game. David wanted to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, there's some couple stories about PAC 12 South teams out there. We'll get to as well with Colorado, Arizona state, uh, and, uh, USC's Lincoln Riley pending a letter basically to Oklahoma fans. So we'll talk about all that kind of stuff. And we'll get to a couple of questions, but let's uh, let's jump right in because uh, I don't know how long it'll last. It should be fine. But
0: are you uh, leading ha- with
1: the spring game? We uh, duh. We have to lead with Oregon State Beavers.
0: We're gonna get to all this more interesting stuff to talk about, but here here's what people did in a glorified practice in April.
1: Yes, because it's spring games. This is what this we're in spring game season right now. There, like, this is, uh-huh. this is why, this, this is why Pac-12 fans come to us. Cause they want to know what's going on on the spring games. And it's a mm-hmm. big deal. There was, there was only one this weekend. So Oregon state had the entire stage, the dozens of people that watch the Pac-12 network. Everyone was <laughs> tuning into the Oregon state spring game. Um, yeah. Uh, it was good. So it was uh, held on Saturday, 11 a.m. PT. They had two, like, uh, basically two color guys doing this. So Yogi was kind of handling the the play-by-play, if you could say that, and Nigel Burton, uh, who, used, you know, who used to coach up there at Oregon State. Uh, they, were, they were on the call. It was a little rainy uh, up there, if you can imagine, in Corvallis at this time of year having some rain. You're giving us a
0: goddamn weather report for a spring game right mm-hmm. now?
1: Well, here's the important part, because this is where we can get something. Uh they had these like quarter zip Pac12 jockeys like quarter zips that looked really good that I don't have one of those I don't think you have one of those So our buddy Tom who couldn't make it uh to the Pac12 championship game I think we need to get hooked up with some of these uh, We got to get some quarter zips Tom I think they're quarter zips I'm not really good at like what things are called you know like say oh that's a bucket hat I'm like I think I kind of know what that is or people say oh it's a quarter zip I'm not sure like names of of types of clothing i'm not great at that but i think that's what they were it's
0: the one that zips down just a little bit i get you i'm with you we have like full-on
1: zip zip ones could be Uh, a third
0: zip who knows
1: but they look cool we like Uh, it and we want it i I, I thought they look cool um okay the main takeaway from this one a lot of talk about the there's still a quarterback competition uh so you know everyone's favorite uh Chase Nolan, right, or Chance Nolan. I keep calling him the wrong thing. Um, you know, he's back. He talked on camera, it looked good. But Tristan Jebia last year had that hamstring injury. Uh, and they also like uh Ben Gulbertson, um, but he was also injured last year. All those guys are healthy now, so they're all kind of competing. But Nolan was the guy, right? He's the one that got most of the snaps last year, I think started all but one game or something. But they're still sort of talking about uh the quarterback. A lot, of, a lot
0: of guys chasing Chance Nolan.
1: They're chasing Chance. Uh, they were also chasing JT Daniels. Uh, that would have put a wrench into some of the stuff. They were
0: stuff, chasing a chance to depose Chance Nolan.
1: I know. My guess is it's still going to be Nolan, but um, it seems like it's still a competition with, which is good that all the guys are healthy. Any thoughts on any of those guys? It was. Is it, it going to be Nolan? Do you think it's going to be? Jebbia coming back or, you know, the Culberson. I mean, what do you think? I think it'll be Nolan. Yeah, I kind of think so, too. Because he started
0: most of last year. So why would they change?
1: Yeah, and, you know, he's good. I think he's going to get a little bit better, too. I mean, he talked about some of the deficiencies, things he had last year. And they, they were a much more efficient offense when he wasn't having to throw the ball that much. Uh, but you know, working on the accuracy stuff, working, you know. Well, I they think,
0: still they still get to
1: play USC's defense this year, right? <laughs> they do. Yeah, it's they to be a little be different, probably. But will everyone, it be? Will it be though? Everyone gave him the Heisman after uh, he was like 15 of 18 against USC or something like that. It was yeah, like no, super like, efficient.
0: It was like Aaron Rodgers.
1: <laughs> it was yeah, it was crazy. But they didn't even have him to throw that much. Uh, Jonathan Smith thinks the offensive line is going to be even better. This year, Um, I believe him when he says crap like that. I don't believe David Shaw.
0: David Shaw's lied to me too much.
1: He's lied a lot. Uh, No, I believe. I think he's a a pretty straight shooter. Um, The defense should be a lot more. You remember they they ended up firing the defensive coordinator last year. So they promoted uh, Trent Bray. Uh, It will be more aggressive, more attacking. And you could see that out on the field like it just was. There was, I thought the defense had, the uh, defense had good energy, um, and they were just kind of moving around and just trying to make things happen. Uh, and you can get burned sometimes like that, but, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see because the a promotion, but a lot of people had positive things to say about Trent, Trent Bray. I don't know a ton about him. Um, but you know, it's going to be a more aggressive attacking defense, which I love to see that kind of stuff. We love it. Yeah. way, Folks. Do you remember speaking of quarterbacks before? Do you remember a guy named Jack Coletto? I do. I I do remember their uh, their their automatic wildcat quarterback. He was a wildcat quarterback. I mean, he was a quarterback wildcat quarterback. I think he went out and played like wide receiver and stuff. Um, So I'm on the field, but not on the offensive side of the ball. He's an inside linebacker now.
0: Hasn't he been? I thought he was before.
1: Was he? Do I not remember that? He's
0: been he's been a linebacker for a couple years now.
1: Okay. But you just yeah. seeing him out there playing linebacker. He had
0: uh, he had 13 tackles in 2020.
1: There you go. So it's been a while. Seven,
0: seven last year, including See an these interception things you interception in the spring game. Years. No, these are the things you learn if you just like have a conversation with me. True. You didn't learn that.
1: Oh, we we no,
0: I'm I know I've learned it.
1: I'm we've well, talked you about learned it, it for the, the first
0: time, but you learned it three years late. I mean, if you were getting all of your information from spring practice, um, like what wouldn't you
1: know? Like no three we've talked about into it, a though. thing. We've, we've talked about this on the show before I just forgot yeah yeah well that's a good point she so maybe a, they, it
0: requires it requires a spring practice for information to be reinforced for you exactly it, it definitely helps. um that's like a you really you know. that's a really difficult learning style did this follow you through education <laughs> like from your elementary school days yeah did you have to watch a spring game where like the announcers would then explain like the math concept that you were learning in third grade
1: uh math stuff I remember pretty good those are concepts like it's not about like facts got it got it yet. so it would okay got it okay problem solving doesn't really go away it's more of the the very the specifics uh-huh. uh, of what's going on um they showed uh, some video of the uh the one side of uh research stadium getting uh blown up which was pretty funny so it's the rebuilds going along as planned it should be ready not this season but the 20. 23 season so they seem pretty excited about that um damian martinez uh freshman running back uh out of texas he was looking really good they always have good running backs and stuff so he's just one you know one to check out watch out for damian martinez uh but they put up a graphic up on the screen it went by quickly uh but i thought it was kind of funny the number of coaching changes that were made i believe the year was 2018 and like Colorado has changed 24 coaches since, you know, whatever, four seasons ago. USC was 23. Stanford had two. They were at the bottom of the list. So only two assistant coaching changes. Well, they've had so much success in the last three or four years. Why would you change anything? But I thought that was a really interesting sort of graphic that the Pac-12 network put up there. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I think you're talking about a bowl team. In the Beavers, and I feel like they can be a bowl team again. Um, and having a few healthy quarterbacks, if Nolan does struggle, you could. There's a couple guys you could go to uh, if they can keep the run game going. You know, the offensive line being better, they can still run the football. Uh, be a little more efficient on offense and not really. You know, if, you can rely on the pass a little bit more because they were way better last year when it was just. They're relying on the run. They've obviously got the talent; they can beat a team like Utah, like they did. Uh, but there's some te- games you gotta win. Um, I don't know if they're gonna take a huge step forward. Um, if the defense is better, that'll certainly help. But I feel like it's gonna be a team that seven and five would be another good season. Maybe it's a eight and four kind of deal. I don't know. I don't. Where do you feel that the, the Beavs are gonna fit in? It's so hard for me to say because I didn't
0: get the, like, real um, injection of information that you got from the spring game. Though yes. you have done a great job sharing um, the real the real key nuggets of um, of uh, of analysis and, in, <laughs> and um, insight from the spring game. Uh, yeah, I mean, we went over, I think, last week where we went through, like, what we projected for each team. I think I have them as a Bolt team again, like 6-6-ish. Yeah. Um, they... Uh, I think they've been a little bit better than I've predicted every single year. So you can probably bank on another win or two. Um so yeah, seven and five, eight and four. That sounds
1: great. Yeah. No, I think that'd be I think that'd be a good spot for the beeves and you know, hopefully kind of build on that and become a contender in the North. Not that they can't be. I mean, they've beat Oregon, they beat Utah, they've beat some of the best teams. Uh can you put it all together though and not lose
0: I mean, Oregon was a dog shit program thirty years ago.
1: I mean, anybody can be
0: great. Yeah. Just got to get the right accumulation of billionaires funding you.
1: It's to 12 and I think this is a good year. I mean, there's so much turnover in the north. Um, yeah, I mean, why couldn't Oregon State break through? We'll see. Why not? Uh, so that was only one spring game this past weekend. I'm sorry we don't got more recap oh, for you. shoot. But this weekend, and today's we're recording this on Friday, uh, so April 23rd, if you're around and you want to watch back. Really 12 Network. Funny,
0: there's a really funny note here. Um, where? with your with your list of the spring games but I'll, I'll i'll save it for after you're done
1: listing them okay so utah is going to be at 11 a.m on the pac 12 network they went to the rose bowl last year this is a big deal the spring game mm-hmm. a lot of guys back i want to see what you the Utes do oregon at 1 p.m on pac 12 network so soon after that that's the team they played i mean these are the two division champions in the pac 12 with their spring games right next to each other so must see TV for all Pac-12 fans, but right in the middle of that USC will be noon, and it's going to be on ESPN. Uh, ESPN's only spring game uh, this year, so you have to record. Pick your pick your point here. What are you going to record and what are you going to see? Uh, but I definitely will watch all these. I'm home. I'm home. Quarantine day. I'm going to be watching all these. The
0: funniest thing here, Ryan, is that you like I think everyone involved in the entire operation. Forgot that UCLA spring game is at 9 a.m. It's not a spring game; it's a spring showcase. But it's going to be on the Pac-12 Network at 9 a.m. on
1: Saturday. Are you kidding? So I went over to the Pac-12 Network, and that's those are the ones I saw. Okay, well that's awesome. I 9 a.m. It. on
0: Saturday, UCLA is going to have a practice. It will not be a game. It will not in any way resemble a game.
1: I strongly recommend not watching it. Well, I now I'm now I got something to do. My yeah, but pre, they'll have my, it at
0: Drake Stadium for some reason.
1: Uh, my home tailgating uh, for the Utah spring game. Now I can do that while I'm watching the UCLA spring game.
0: This oh perfect. yeah, baby! I'll be there. I'll be there. See if you can catch me on TV.
1: You're gonna go? Wait, you're going to a spring game?
0: Oh, dude, I've had to cover so many practices this spring. You so many? You're working and stuff. Like you're. I'm working. You're I'm going, going to, to stuff. Practices. I am. I am dropping my terrible baritone on various people as i interview them i am writing about what's happening during practice i'm providing play-by-play for practice um i am telling you whether the defense or the offense looked better on a particular day as if anyone gives a shit um it's been fun i'm enjoying it it's fun wow
1: it's sort of like me going to the pac-12 championship game i mean a pac-12 tournament
0: yeah. Sort of sort of. I mean, I think I've got more of a more of a more of a foot in the water, so to speak, with uh, with spring practice than you ever did covering basketball. But it's a uh, it's a return. I So I realized when I was doing it this spring is that this is the most consistently I've covered a UCLA football practice session um, since fall of 2015.
1: Peak Jim Mora was the last time I was doing this with wow. a regularity. Well, any any vibes about they're looking to extend Chip Kelly for more I,
0: years? Look, if you can't tell from my voice, I'm a little short-tempered today, Ryan, and it, <laughs> I will not. Just because you are on the mend, because you are uh, laid up, uh, don't think I won't drive there. I will, right. you, you I, will, get... I will run the risk of getting COVID if I have to.
1: <laughs> Come to the office, get the COVID. Um, Okay. So that's great. That's so, I mean, and I would normally, it's, I haven't been able to go to practice this week. So this is a final week of practice. So I've been, I've go to all of them. I've been able to go this week because of, you know, being home in quarantine. I'm bummed. I'm not going to see the spring game in person, but it will be nice to be able to watch all these other ones and check it out. So next week's show is going to be epic. I mean, we got four spring games to recap. So that is going to be awesome. The two LA schools. And the two teams that were won the divisions last year. So, I mean, it's, I, I, we might need to do two shows next week just to cover all this, Dave.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh,
1: all right. So stay tuned to all that. I know you guys are going to love it. There was an athletic story. And they're going to do a series of stories basically on wayward programs. And I think they had like six or seven that they When's were When's UCLA's? <laughs> that they're, yeah. So they just did Colorado. I think it was the first one. And uh, UCLA is on the list. So <laughs> is it really? It? That's yeah, true. it is. Um, so if you want to go check it out over on the Athletic, it was pretty good. But basically, um, they had, if you looked at the 1998 football season, if you had a list of all the college programs with the most active players in the NFL, uh, you are you looking at the doc? I can tell. I can have you guess. Uh, I am okay. looking at the doc. Okay, the, have you read this blurb yet? Well, I have now. Okay, so in the 1998 season, the 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 college programs that had the most active NFL players were Notre Dame, Florida State, and Colorado. Yeah, baby. That's yeah. I mean, think about that. Colorado was on there uh, as far as the most active NFL players. Uh, Now they haven't gone to a bowl. They've gone to three bowl games in the last 15 years. I think they've only been ranked uh, at the end of the season once in the last 15 years. Um, There was only 11 former Colorado players on opening day rosters last season. Uh, And for the record, Rutgers had 12. So, It's, uh, it's a pretty big, uh, drop off from where Colorado was. And, you know, people think, oh, yeah, that shared a championship in 1990, but they were really good for a long time. I mean, for, you know, they were up there, you know, the fact that you won a championship in like our lifetimes is, is, you know, important, but they were putting a lot of guys in the NFL and, uh, you know, kind of going into it, some of the hires, you know, I think Mel Tucker could have turned things around. Um. But, you know, it's sort of like a snake-bitten program and the way things change. Did it really help to join the Pac-12? Uh, you you kind of lose some of that tie-in to um, the, uh, the you know the Texas recruiting and things like that. So there's sort of a lot of things. That, and it's not an easy place. Even when they were winning, there were still obstacles. I think similar to some of the Cal stuff, uh, you know, the, it's not always like the whole community pulling uh, and, and kind of helping, uh, there was a lot of arrests. There was a lot of things that were going on, uh, you know, when they were good. And I think the, the school didn't really like that. And they put some, some handcuffs on them for recruiting and things. So there's a, it, you know, it, it, seems like Colorado can't get out of its own way, but it's, it's, a, it was a long one. Uh, but you can go check it out over on the athletic, but it was just some of the the stats were just kind of mind blowing. Dave, we just like, Colorado was like, you know they were like Ohio state or whatever, as far as like putting dudes in the NFL and now like they're nowhere near that.
0: Well, so I've got an interesting stat for you. Okay. About Colorado. Uh, Rick Neuheisel coached them in the late nineties.
1: Right. Uh and that was sort of like, I think they've mentioned that it's sort of like the, and he the, talked about some of the challenges of that too. I, I don't no, know if no, it but, was, gloves. but I would say,
0: I would say that was one of the challenges <laughs> for Colorado because yeah. you have Bill McCartney. He's great. He's doing great. He's got the, the uh, what was that, a national title winning team in, 90, in 1990? Yeah. Idea. That. Uh, the year before that, they finished fourth. The year after the title, they finished 20th, then 13th, then 16th, then third. Then Rick Neuheisel takes over in 95, right? They finished fifth. They're great. Then the next year, it's eighth. And the year after that, unranked. The year after that, unranked. And then he moves on. But the program then, is, is, uh, is it's it's in dog shit. And then yeah. That's as well as he can. And then they hire the wrong Boise State head coach.
1: Yes. Um, and the Carl Durrell thing, obviously, is not going to help. That's just kind of digging the hole deeper. Uh, well, but
0: there was, I, would say, I would say the, the first time uh, they went to the uh, <laughs> the Carl Durrell coaching tree when they hired John Embry
1: was probably the first mistake. Yeah. Um. And there, yeah, there's, there, there seemed to be a lot of political stuff kind of going on. There was definitely, I think, you know, new Heisel sort of started the downward turn, but I think no matter who was coaching there, there was a bunch, I mean, I don't remember the details. There was, there was a rest. There was a lot of um, issues with some of the players they had brought in. And I think that sort of the program was kind of trying to, to put the kibosh on that. So I think they put some limitations on themselves as far as like recruiting visits and things, um, there were some issues there, but go, go, go check out the story. It's uh, yeah. New Heisel definitely was, was taken, was over, you know, taking over the program though, when it went from good to bad, but I, I'm not putting it all on him. Yeah. For, I mean, he may not have had enough gloves there either. Yeah. There's some gloves issues, but go check that out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what, um, cause you know, UCLA can't tout that same sort of thing, right? Like they weren't like, you know, a top five power during our lifetime. Like they've been, I will, I will fight you. No, no, no. They haven't been.
0: I mean, they were the first, no, I mean, no, not consistently. Um, but if you go back to like the eighties, um, it's, you know, roughly the same thing. What, uh, Colorado was doing there. I mean, here, let's look, um, for, from 82 to 88. Uh, UCLA finished in the top 10, five times.
1: Okay. All right. All right. That, that's fair. Yeah.
0: And then, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, 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 and then there was obviously a 97 or 98 where they were the first team ever ranked number one in the BCS, but who cares? Who cares? It's been dog shit for 20 years. Who cares?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, No, like Rose Bowls or championships and stuff. Well,
0: UCLA is far more inexplicable than, than Colorado. Right. It it, it makes zero sense why they're so bad. Like why, why why have they been so mediocre for so long? Yeah. You're Um, in Los Angeles. It should be easy, easy to get talent. And for most of the time it is, but then they combine the talent with truly, truly shitty
1: coaching. It's really great. And like, so the Bruins maybe didn't have like the, the highest highs where Colorado did like in the nineties or eighties, you know, but like UCLA was up there for a long time and, and highly ranked, but they've had better years since like Colorado's like completely just dropped off the relevancy and UCLA's not, okay. Not winning a Rose bowl or anything, but they've been, they've been relevant in seasons. They've done good things, you know? I mean, um, sure,
0: but we are talking about a program that up until last year had gone five straight seasons without having a winning record.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be, a, def- Look, a different... I will
0: play, I will play whose program is shittier any day with anyone.
1: <laughs> well, you will be reading the story on the athletic for sure. Uh, when that one comes out, I'm not sure when, but I just saw that, that, that UCLA was on their, was on their list. Um, Lincoln Riley also wrote uh, penned a letter in the uh, Players Tribune. Is that what it is? I don't.
0: This was the longest chunk of nothing I've ever read.
1: Yeah, it's sort of. um, Why the hell did he feel any need to write that stupid thing? I think there's just so much, but it wasn't going to help because there's so much animosity from the Oklahoma fan base, and he and the only thing that was in there that was sort of new was like he admitted like he could have. You know, the way he left could have done things a little bit differently. You know, nothing was gonna be perfect, but you know, he he owns he said he owns that, but didn't really know exactly uh what it was. But I mean what the fuck was the curveball he was talking about? Was the curveball, oh yeah, USC offered me
0: a boatload of money, and so I said yes. That's not a curveball. <laughs> a curveball is, oh yeah, I was thinking I was gonna retire at Oklahoma and then um uh, my entire relationship with the athletic department completely soured. And then USC was there with open arms waiting for me. Like, that's kind of a curveball, maybe. But not, yeah. not oh, they offered me more money, and so I decided to go. Yeah, it was he weird. He didn't have an explanation. for Like, if you're going to do that, explain why you did it. Like, just say, well, I wanted a new challenge, and they gave me a lot more money and a lot more control over what I wanted to do. And I wasn't living under the shadow of, like, all of these other recent greats. You know, the most recent great at, at USC was Pete Carroll, and that was 15 years ago. Whatever. Yeah. But say something. He didn't give a reason. It was a stupid article. It had no point.
1: And it didn't really help, like, the if you read the Oklahoma message boards, they're just like, you know. Why would a it liar. help? He, he didn't him. even
0: provide an explanation. Sometimes life throws you a curveball. Whatever. No, it was a hanging change up and you just blasted it out of the park cuz you wanted to go to USC cuz they offered you more money. That's it. What did they give him? Like $12 million a year? What the hell is he making?
1: We don't even know. But I am guess we were told it was basically what like the market value like like what the competitive market would be. So it was probably like nine, ten million million a year is whatever. Yeah, no, it was so.
0: like it was like sometimes life throws you a curveball, which is an opportunity to live on the beach when you're 1,000 miles away from any ocean.
1: Yeah. And that's yeah, that much of a curveball. But anyway, that was that was out there. He tweeted it. Um I was like, all right. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of new stuff in there, but thought we'd bring that up. Uh also there's a, a program that we love. Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> and, this should know, have
0: been our lead. This should have been our lead, not the friggin' Oregon State spring
1: game. Okay. Well, if you want to like Write down notes and, you know, do some prep for the show. Feel no, free. no, I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, then just deal with my prep. Um, our buddy, Chris Cartman, uh, I trust him. If he says, hey, ASU is going to be good this year, and I don't think they will, I'm going to say, oh, I think they're going to be good. If he says, holy crap, things are falling apart, I believe him. Things are falling apart. Uh, this week, he tweeted out, ASU is losing its top wide receiver, Ricky Pershaw. Uh, Pearshall, who is from Tempe and one of its best young players, linebacker Eric Gentry, to the transfer portal. They would have been two of the team's most important players. Things are going from bad to worse for the Sun Devils. And uh, yeah, so this was kind of big news this week. Um, You know, Pearshall's a Tempe native and his name was coming up a lot when I watched the spring game. I know you didn't. Uh and then we've heard a lot of good things about Eric Gentry. He's like six five or six six or something. And he probably needs to put on a little weight, but made a bunch of tackles, can you know get in the passing lanes and disrupt things. Uh just seems to be like this star, you know, player in the making. And both of those guys are in the portal right now. That's uh not not the ideal situation. Uh you know, all the positivity we heard from Herm Edwards, uh, on the Pac-12 network, this is, this is not a step. I think they even interviewed Ricky. Uh, I think he was one of the guys that they talked to and now he's in the portal.
0: Yeah, it's, it's awful. It's devastating. Um, it's hugely, um, concerning for ASU. Um, and it should be ringing alarms that should have never stopped ringing since last summer about this program. I am beyond stunned that they are, um, maintaining with literally that entire athletic department apparatus at this point ray anderson should be gone Herm Edwards should be gone the entire football staff should be cleaned out and that should have happened a year ago um this is crazy i i i sincerely have no idea what's going on and it seems very clear that the personnel the players don't either and they want no part of what's continuing here um you're losing I mean, counting Jaden Daniels, you're losing so many guys who were projected to be key parts of, you know, uh, if not a contender, at least a decent enough team. And now you're looking at ASU and it's like, what? Are they going to win four games or five? Um, And is it even going to be that? I mean, we'll see what happens over the next couple of months, but more guys could transfer out, Um, especially if they see this as, wow, we're really not going to be good next year. Um, This is... uh, this is a a sinking ship Um, and it's never good to make a coaching change in April or May, but dude, you might want to just like go with an interim right now and then just go through the season, starting to put together your lists and then see if you can get somebody on board. But um, it seems like I mean, this is done. It's completely done now. Um, And it's just a matter of getting through the season. Um, But why continue with somebody who's, you know, because if you get a, I mean, just hypothetically, if you got an interim staff in there, um, they can recruit in such a way that they're recruiting for the future. Um, who's signing on for Herm Edwards right now? Like, Hi. who's 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 jumping on board this ship? Nobody. But you get an interim staff in there, get some prominent alumni or whatever to say, hey, you know what? The next staff in here, they're going to do uh, they're going to do everyone proud. Um, jump on board. You're going to be the first to kind of turn this whole thing around, yada, yada, yada. You can do that. And there's going to be playing time available because all the good players are transferring out. But um, if you're not recognizing that this is a me- going to be an immediate and like huge rebuild starting next season, um, well, you're probably
1: Ray Anderson. Uh, for the record, Eric Gentry was a consensus freshman All-American. Um, so that's why Cartman was talking about him being one of the most important players couple more things he said. He said, to say the Sun Devils are beleaguered at this point under Herb Edwards is an understatement NIL or no NIL. You simply can't lose your starting quarterback, top wide receiver who is from Tempe and freshman all American to transfer and think things are okay. This is rudderless ship territory. Um, yeah, this is uh he said, um, Blaming high-profile ASU transfers entirely on NAL is far too convenient and generous to uh, the athletic department leadership. Other similarly supported Pac-12 programs are not losing several of the best players to transfer. Um, Also, who's responsible for marshalling and competitive NAL strategy anyway? Any AD football leadership that had done well with booster development in the years prior to NAL would have better transitioned their program to the new reality. The truth is ASU was not ready, and then suffered booster confidence issues brought on by an NCAA investigation. Uh, and he said, someone who should know for what it's worth, uh, Pearsall's decision was 97% football related, not about NIL money. When your top wide receiver sees your team's quarterback and passing game situation are really limited in spring brawl. You're probably going to look elsewhere. Devastating. Yeah. It's, it's bad. Um, yeah. It's really bad, and I I want people to go back and watch, like, go watch the Arizona State Spring Game again and give me the same impression that I, I mean, you probably have the same impression I got was like, everyone's on the same page, their continuity, positivity, all this stuff, and it's just like, if that was true, this doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, no, it's, this is, this is. Yeah, this is devastating. Uh, there, there's, there's no coming back for them. This for the staff, and at that point, you just have to make a change.
1: Yeah. Um. One last thing. Uh. So this we're recording this on the Friday. Uh. On, it's Earth Day. Happy Earth Day, everyone. Uh, April twenty second. But eighteen years ago, it's the anniversary of the death of uh, former ASU great Pat Tillman. So, um, we saw some ASU tweets out there. 18 years ago today we lost a hero rest in peace Pat Tillman so RIP to Pat he was a Pac-12 Pac-12 legend guy um all right anything else David before we jump into the questions I've got nothing else all right well, let's uh take a quick break we'll be back with a couple of questions All right, David, Uh, I think we only have two, Uh, so this won't take very long. We got a text message. Uh, Hey, guys, maybe UCLA should take some of that current glove cash and bump old Chip's salary Bite on TK from the OC. Any, Any thoughts, David?
0: Well, all right. So how are we converting the glove to gloves to cash at this point? Because I think UCLA's glove ratio is significantly higher now, Um, I would say, given how much they spend on food. I would say there's probably seven or eight pairs of gloves per player. Right. Okay, but here's the thing. If you sell those at pawn shops in the local area, right, you might get um, these are probably nice gloves, probably performance gloves. Right. So what are you getting? Twenty, thirty bucks even for used gloves? Wouldn't you think? Uh, you probably could. Yeah. But here's the, 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 the problem, the rub, whenever you're trying to offload that much of a particularly good, are you impacting the market for that very good? You would. There'd so there would the be t- diminishing returns. So we're talking, okay, maybe 30 bucks for that first pair. But if you're trying to offload, say everyone's extra six pairs, seven <laughs> pairs, right. By the time you're done. And even if you scatter them throughout, like, let's say you, um, you know, there's like some complex math that goes into this because there's not too many pawn shops in the Westwood area, um, just kind of the nature of the demo. So you have to expand the reach a little bit. Like, you probably have to go, you know, further out east, uh, maybe a little bit further south, maybe, you know, up into the valley. But to really expand the reach enough that you are not impacting the local glove markets, you've got to expend quite a bit of gas, transportation fees, shipping fees. Um, so we're talking to make sure that you're keeping your price at the right level, while also not expending too much on transportation, I still think you're ending up on only getting uh, 15, maybe 20 bucks a pair of gloves, right? So if you're multiplying that by 120-ish guys, also times six, so it's like 90 bucks uh, times 100-ish guys, I mean, we're only talking about $9,000. So? So, yeah, I mean, bump them up. What the hell?
1: That's another nine grand, grand on
0: top of the four million.
1: I like it. Okay. Um, I'd like to make the math work a little better so he's getting like eight, nine million. I think, I mean, he's got to be making close to what Look, Mel Tucker I, makes.
0: Given how much they spend on food, who knows what kind of gloves they're getting. Maybe it's like <laughs> some like imported sheepskin from like the central Mongolia that you have to journey for like several days on foot to get. And then who knows? Maybe these gloves <laughs> are worth 200 bucks a pop. They could be. You don't know, yeah. We don't know. Um, all right, this is from Paul Webfoot, Chip Kelly, and Lincoln Riley. Hello, champs! Quick and easy one for you today, Dave. How good of an on-field performance would UCLA have to show you for you to be happy about Chip Kelly being the coach in twenty twenty three? Ten and two, nine and three. Um, damn, ten and two probably. You that think so? that schedule's dog shit. Um, nine and three would not get me pumped up. Ten and two. You can talk me into ten and two. Ten and two, you're probably competing for the conference. Um, probably legitimately good. Nine and three with this schedule means you're going six and three in conference, which me me. Your fifth year with like a fifth year quarterback and uh, you know returning experience everywhere. You should be you 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 should be able to do minimum nine and three on this schedule. Um, ten and th- ten and two uh, that would actually be overperforming
1: a little bit. What do you? So I mean, you you're looking through this. I mean, obviously you have a critical eye when it comes to this and you're being completely fair i mean you could say hey you know they didn't have a winning record went eight and four and then go nine and three you're going the right direction all that and you get mad at me and want to punch me but do you think like the general fan base would look at it because it would be you know oh they're eight and four now they're nine and three so, probably uh, beating uh, usc uh, so
0: joe fan just sitting in the stands nine and three they'll be excited about it right okay people who are paying attention um, meaning like people on our message boards or like booster types, yeah. I mean, nine and three is not going to get them fired. That's for sure. Um, but is it something to get like super excited about? Is it something to add like several years onto the contract? No. Um, I think it needs to be a legitimately, you know, and I think 10 and two, that would be, <laughs> I think this is technically true. Um, or is it actually it's not. But it would be one of their first regular seasons with 10 wins. Um, So, you know, uh, you can't sneer at that too much. So I think that would be the point where people would actually be a little bit excited about it. Would think, okay, he gets at least another couple years to figure this thing out. Um, But nine and three, I don't think gets that done.
1: What was the stat? It was like Chip Kelly would have to win, like go like undefeated, like the next five seasons to like have the same record as Clay Helton or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it was something terrible. I don't remember what it was. Eighteen
0: and twenty-five right now, which is pretty bad. Um, So, I mean, even with the eight and four last year, it's still still pretty bad. Still the worst UCLA coach ever through four seasons. So, uh, he's got a lot of making up to do.
1: All right. So, what? How important is the USC game and all this? Say it's a ten and two season, win the Pac-12 South, but one of those losses is to USC.
0: I'm always shocked by how important this is to again Joe Fan
1: um, because for me or nine and three beat USC and don't win the division. I would say.
0: Um, so that's the thing is I think ten and two win the division and lose to USC is like far and away the better outcome, um, but that's just like. I think for a lot of fans, they're not getting hung up too much on overall team performance because, frankly, if you've been following UCLA for any length of time, you really can't or else you're going to lose your entire mind. Um, my <laughs> mind is gone. It's, 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 it's destroyed because I still go into every season thinking, wow, UCLA should be a lot better than this. And I think most people have much more of a well-adjusted attitude towards it, which is, no, they shouldn't because, lol, they never have been. Um, so I think for the fans... You're probably right. It's the nine and three with the win over USC. I think again for like the the people who are a little bit more um, uh, psychotic about it. No, it's more about um, putting up the best record you can and actually competing for Pac-12 championships and all that kind of stuff. So, um, like, there's some people for whom the fifty to nothing. So here's the thing with me with the fifty to nothing game because it's been like a, it's like the seminal moment for some fans and for me it's like. I mean, that kind of ruled, actually, like it it absolutely like put a nail in the Rick Neuheisel era, like just everything you like because you thought going into that, like, Christ, are they going to win the South here because of the weird, complicated rules? Is there a chance they're going to keep Neuheisel for another year? And you know what? Lane Kiffin said, no, no, we're going to beat them by 50 and we're not going to allow them to score a point. And we're going to end Rick Neuheisel's reign of terror here in here in here in Westwood. Um, that was beautiful. I, I I had absolutely no problem with that game. I was enjoying the shit out of it. So, but for most fans, uh, that was that was an awful experience because they're thinking of it from a I'm a fan of UCLA. This is part of my identity. Um, I need them to do well, especially because I got to go into the office and see the USC fans uh, gloating at me about this shit. Um, Whereas I'm like, I don't go to an office first, so I don't care. And second, um, it's more important for me, long game, that Rick Neuheisel gets fired right now. And the best way to ensure that is to lose in embarrassing fashion to USC. So I guess, again, just a little bit of insight. Yeah, all right. Next part of this, uh, Ryan, how bad of an on-field performance would USC have to show you for you not to be happy about Lincoln Riley being the coach in 2023? Two and ten, three
1: and nine? Uh, okay. I guess it depends on what those are like. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess there's no good way to be three and nine. Like, but if they're like close games, There's there's some very cool ways to be three and nine, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think two and 10, I don't know what. 'Cause like if you remember Pete Carroll's first year, they were six and six. They were six and five, and then they lost to Utah in the Vegas Bowl. But they weren't getting blown out in any games. And you felt I think you then they end up winning the Orange Bowl the next year. There's no way to go two and ten where you're not getting blown out. Right. right. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Like if if it's that yeah, if they're going like two and ten, even like three and nine, um I would yeah, I, I mean it's it's really hard to picture something like that. Um, but it would have to be something along the, I mean, even like if they were like five and seven, I don't think I'd feel like, I think there's some big failures that were going on. Um, there's no way that should be the case, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I what's, think you could argue- the, what's the part where you start like in your
0: mind, at least firing up the hot board, like not like, obviously he's going to be fired anytime soon, but you're starting like, oh shit, we're going to be doing this again in three years. Like what's the record that makes that happen this season?
1: Probably five and seven. Um, oh shit.
0: <laughs> Cause here's the thing. Five and seven isn't like likely, I would say. But no. it's it's within the like realistic range of possibilities. It's at the very low end, but it's in the realistic range. I mean, have you like, seen the happen-
1: schedule? Like they're Yeah. Uh, I think that would be like if they go five and seven. There's some real problems going on. Well, if it's right, a, so,
0: so hang on. Let's let's look at UCLA's football. or USC's football schedule for this year,
1: because I think it's okay.
0: important to give people context. All right. Yeah. So they're not going to lose to Rice. Like, there's just no way they're losing to Rice. Right. There is a way they lose to Fresno State.
1: I mean, they just lost their coach. Like,
0: uh, they just got Jeff Tedford back. I know, but it's okay. like. Okay. There's a way they lose that game. I mean, and if you don't
1: acknowledge that, you haven't been watching USC lately. No, they're definitely, I mean, it's a possibility, but I would uh, say not. How, really.
0: many, how many weird times have we seen USC go to Stanford when Stanford looks like ass and lose?
1: Yeah, possible. Yeah, that's possible.
0: How many times have we seen USC lose at Oregon State? Certainly possible, yeah. Okay, then you get ASU and Washington State at home. Like, I think they win both of those. But, okay, so let's say we're giving them the Rice win, and I'm giving them ASU and Washington State. So okay, that's three. They're three and three right now. And this is, again, nuclear scenario. Then they go at Utah. Lose that sucker. Yeah, three easy. and four. At Arizona. No way. <laughs> at Arizona, baby. Dude, like. Three and five. It could happen.
1: Okay. It, right, you're right, really but, stretching but if but you hang think on, the one and 11 team.
0: Hang on. Okay. Then it's Cal and Colorado at home. You win both of those.
1: So, so we're, we're at five wins. And,
0: we're at five and five, but then
1: go at the Rose Bowl on my birthday. Oh, yeah. No, I think UCLA and Notre Dame, you could lose those. That's so five it, and seven right there. So, so that's five losing, and seven, you have to losing, lose to like that's Arizona. Losing, that's that losing that every single road game. It's
0: losing. So it's losing Stanford, Oregon State, Arizona, Utah, and UCLA, right? Yeah. So that's five losses just in road games. And you're saying the only one that's like made you say, hey, shut the fuck up was Arizona. (laughs) But that's five. Okay. So let's say it's even four. All it requires then is losing to Fresno State and Notre Dame at home to get to six and six. And then all it would require is one of ASU, Washington State, Cal, or Colorado pulling off the miracle and winning. There's a lot. There's a live scenario where they go five and seven.
1: It would, I mean, you would have to have so many things go wrong. See, here's my thing.
0: With 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 Lincoln Riley, I would I would say it's not quite a pass first year because there's been too much hype. But I don't know if 5 and 7 would get me like, oh shit, this is ending. This is bad. Um, I think it would probably be 4 and 8. 4 and 8 would be the point where I'd be like, oh shit, it's Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly has come to <laughs> to USC.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think that's probably fair. And it, it, again, if is it like Are you like, is it a comeback win against Arizona or is it like (laughs) every game is close, you know, um, that kind of thing?
0: Oh my God, this would be so funny if they went five and seven. I just talked myself into it. It could happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, there's this dude, Caleb Williams, who's like probably the best quarterback in the Pac 12 right now. (laughs) It's just like, he was the
0: best he was the best quarterback in the Big Twelve, but it's a different beast out here. You know, it you, gotta, is. you gotta contend with those tough Pac-Twelve defenses. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't have the
1: reps. He doesn't have the institutional knowledge. Yeah. But like even if they're just seven and five, like I'm gonna be like, something's not right, you know. But like you're not gonna fire up the hot board. It would probably have to be or an eight, maybe. Yeah, five, to get me
0: so. to get me confident, like to get have me feeling still like as confident at the end of this season as they did at the beginning, you gotta beat Rice, beat Stanford, beat Fresno State, beat Oregon State. You gotta be six and oh, I think, heading into the back half of the schedule. Confident. And, then, and then it's at Utah, at Arizona, and you've got Notre Dame and UCLA. But I think the only thing that would keep me like feeling like as gassed up about USC as the fan is like right now would be nine and three.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Cause
0: I think that the the first six games, I mean dropping one of those would be, I mean maybe Oregon state, but other than that, none of those would be particularly forgivable.
1: I mean, Oregon state on the road is always, I mean, Utah lost to Oregon state last year on the road. You know, I mean, it's, Sure. Okay, so it can top, happen.
0: But, Easy. But but then looking at the back half, I mean, at Utah, sure. At UCLA, sure. Notre Dame at home, sure. But if you lose I mean, all three of those, what does that tell you?
1: Yeah, that would be bad. Well, I mean, if if USC loses to UCLA, that could mean we get the extension that Chip Kelly really deserved. <sighs> Look,
0: I'm (laughs) talking about USC right now and you just had to throw that in there and I don't like it.
1: (laughs) Nice. Uh, Well, thanks, Webfoot. Uh, Good stuff. Uh, That's all we got this week. Um, Yeah. That was Uh, great. It was good. We got four spring games to recap next week. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. You're going to be at one of them. Yeah, I sure will. You're going to a spring game and I am not. How weird Isn't is that? that exciting? Is that weird? No. No, it's just my life. It's a little weird. Uh, awesome. Okay, well, uh, sorry for the shorter show this week, but I am, like I said, a little under the weather. No, uh, no, no uh, Don't apologize. Sorry for the
0: shorter li- show this week. It's because you didn't contribute, listeners. Yeah, we need more. we got two people. Two. One of them who just talked some shit, and I had to make <laughs> some stuff up about gloves. Another one was our good friend, Paul Webfoot. Everyone else sucked. You all sucked. You're bad listeners.
1: Yeah. Get out there and watch the spring games, of course. Uh, Enjoy it all. Uh, Three in a row on the Pac-12 network. I can't, man, I can't wait to dive into all that stuff. It's going to be great. It's going to be great, David. I can't wait. Um, All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up. He is David Woods. I am Ryan Abraham. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to our little show, the podcast of champions course, talking all things packed to a football. Hope you enjoyed it. And we will talk to you next time. Goodbye